Star Wars 7x7 episode 1229. Today, the mid-season finale of Star Wars Rebels has happened, and it was a barn burner. It's Rebel Assault. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Mike and Joe from the Cantina Cast. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and this is a full spoiler podcast, and that is Kato, the studio intern, that bump you may have heard in the background. And if you are not checking out the tunes, well, hey, stick around for this one because it's notable on a few different fronts here. And uh, if you don't want this spoiled for you, you do like hearing about the tunes, then just save this one for a later date. But I'm going to get into this and talk about the highlights of Rebel Assault here for you. And I've had to forcibly eject Cato from the studio, unfortunately. Gently, of course. He's as bad as a Minoc chewing on every cable he can get his teeth on around here. Anyway, let's talk about the highlights of Rebel Assault. In fact, why don't we make this a top five situation here? So, number one, the dogfighting, all right? Very awesomely done. I think this might be some of the best aerial combat that we've seen or space combat that we've seen in Star Wars Rebels and possibly in any of the tunes thus far. We had X-Wings here for the first time ever, and I guess... There's one school of thought that says that this is the first time the Rebels have ever used X-Wings in any kind of assault against the Empire. Of course, that's only because we haven't seen it used elsewhere, so we can't say that for fully certain unless Pablo Hidalgo comes out and says, yep, that was the first time, but so far, I don't think that's happened yet. And on the one hand, you know, the Rebels sent 30 small ships to blow up the Death Star, and it worked, right? But a couple of years before that, they sent 24 ships to try and slip by a huge Imperial blockade over Lothal. Uh, the chances of this working were not very good. I mean, I guess they weren't with uh, the Death Star thing either, but uh, especially against Grand Admiral Thrawn, of all people. And that's in no small part to the heroics of Harrison Dula, who has been officially promoted to the rank of general, we find out in this episode. Not that it was any formal announcement. She's just referred to by other pilots in this episode as general. Thrawn, though, is not aware of her promotion yet and refers to her as Captain Sindula throughout the episode. And Captain, now General Sindula, actually proves her mettle as a strategist also during this episode, especially when Voltscaris, the ace of the Imperial Squadron, comes out flying the TIE Defender Elite. And not only does Hera shoot down his wingman, she baits him into chasing her toward Thrawn's Star Destroyer, and he will not let up even though Thrawn orders him to, which of course means Thrawn's like, oh, if people would just follow my orders, everything would work out great. Instead, Thrawn has to turn on the turbo lasers so that way Hera can't damage the Star Destroyer in any way. Ultimately, this ends up taking out both Hera's shields and the TIE Defender's shields, crucially important when Hera pulls an amazing maneuver out of her bag of tricks and shoots down the TIE Defender. Of course, the TIE Defender conveniently goes crashing into a ship which helps, or to an Imperial ship, which helps create a hole in the blockade for all of the ships to scoot through. 
Now, their target is a fuel depot in the TIE Defender factory, but they can't get there with ground forces ready to smash into them, and that's where Kanan and Zeb and Ezra and the rest of the rebels on the surface come into play. They actually take out all of the giant towers that look very much like the towers that you saw in, oh gosh, I think it was 1980. Is it 1989? Is that when this first it was a sit down and then it was a stand up console Star Wars game one, the 8 bit one? You remember that one where you would attack the Death Star, the towers that were on Lethal ready to defend against the incoming wave of rebel fighters look just like those towers to me, but the rebels make short work of them on the ground. And then they get clear so that way the rebel assault can continue to occur without any collateral damage. Unfortunately, this is where thing three comes up in the episode. The fact that there is a huge second wave of fighters that's been held back by Admiral Thrawn. And they utterly decimate the rebel fleet. The (laughs) pittance of a rebel fleet. All 24 fighters are shot down and there's a beautiful shot it's beautiful and terrifying all at once where all the rebels are far away from the city and Ezra's looking through the macro binoculars to see the assault happen and all he sees are what look kind of like the end of a fireworks display just kind of floating down peacefully and it's really the remains of all the ruined rebel fighters that are dropping down to earth but of course our plucky heroine Hera is a survivor and crash lands safely in the city at least safe enough she's shaken up and possibly a little banged up but none the worse for otherwise And ultimately, Thrawn sends out Rook, his assassin, to capture any rebel pilots that survived, which means that Hera and Rook get to go at it. And I'll tell you, Rook eventually captures Hera, or at least, you know, knocks her down long enough for reinforcements to arrive and for her to have to surrender. But with all the fighting, I'll tell you, I think Hera got the better of Rook in both of the times that they were sparring because he had to run off one time after Chopper zapped him and then they went at it again. She had the better of him both times. So really, this was Hera's episode to shine even though she ends up being captured by Governor Price and the Imperials. And the last thing to flag about this episode is something I will flag for you after the break and it's possibly the strangest, most mysterious thing of all. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Nissan and their Master the Drive sweepstakes going on now through November 27th. You can enter for the chance to win your own personalized ride inspired by Star Wars The Last Jedi. Plus, you and three friends could get tickets to the opening night screening of The Last Jedi at the world-famous El Capitan Theater in Los Angeles and, and a limited edition Executioner Trooper collectible helmet. All you have to do to enter is go to NissanUSA.com slash Star Wars to customize a Star Wars-inspired Nissan vehicle. Again, that's NissanUSA.com slash Star Wars to enter. And last but not least, here are the legal details. Deep breath. Here we go. No purchase necessary. Contest ends November 27, 2017. You must be 18 years or older to enter. It's for residents of the 50 U.S. states and Washington, D.C. only. Entries, rules, and odds are at NissanUSA.com slash Star Wars, and it's void where prohibited. Welcome back. All right, so thing five is that we are not done with the Lothwolves, unfortunately. So all the rebels are going to head back to the secret rebel base, but as Kanan is zooming away, of course, he just can't leave Hera behind, especially now that he's given her a smooch in a previous episode, right? 
can't happen. So he decides that he's going to go back and Ezra will not let the rest of the team go follow him, or at least, you know, he's certainly not going to go. He says, yeah, he can handle it on his own. And that's even though Sabine seems to want to go and help, but ultimately they do not. So Kanan is rushing back at high speed and suddenly a loath wolf appears on the highway. He tries to stop and wipe out and it looks very much like Batman in the Dark Knight trying not to hit the Joker. But the loath wolf just disappears and then reappears and <laughs> Kanan is like, you know, what do you want? Ah! And the loath wolf just says, doom, again, which is almost all it seems to be able to say it was able to say something else to Ezra in an earlier episode but just like one other word or so but anyway once he says doom which again is his real last name because his real name is Caleb doom and Kanan Jarrus is just an alias he had taken on so that way he wouldn't get hunted down by the empire or at least you know not for that <laughs> obviously getting hunted down for other things under the Kanan Jarrus name but anyway when the wolf says doom he takes off his little his little mask that covers his sightless eyes and he says to the wolf, you know, I understand, what must I do? And that's the last you see of him until the end of the episode and you realize that he is not coming to rescue Hera because, of course, he didn't arrive in time to rescue her from the Imperials capturing her. Instead, he's on the other end of a sewer opening for one of the other rebel pilots who happens to be the pilot that was named for Matt Martin of the Lucasfilm Story Group. This is Martin Matin, who comes through along with Chopper, and he's going to get him to the rebel base. Kanan is going to get Mart to the rebel base and Chopper as well, of course. But there is some mysterious thing that Kanan still has to do and is still able to do to deal with the situation of Hera being captured by the Empire. And that is how we end the mid-season finale of Star Wars Rebels. And I gotta say for this episode, you know, one of Larry Kasdan's things, he's, of course, the screenwriter for The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens co-screenwriter. One of the things that he said that I occasionally quote every so often on the podcast is when he talks about a script moving like a son of a gun, though that's not the exact word that he uses. And that energy and that vitality was wholly present in this episode. This episode did not let up for a single second. And quite honestly, like I I was shocked by that in a very pleasant way. That there was just no room to breathe really in this episode. It was just back to back and wall to wall action. It was just about everything you could hope for in a mid-season finale, except for of course a cliffhanger, which, you know, you kind of have to do that, I guess, but it's not like as a fan, I want that to happen, right? <laughs> you know, like I'm going to watch the next one. They don't need to leave me hanging, but that's okay. <sighs> It'll still have us talking for a couple of months at least. I mean, I was surprised when the episode ended. I mean, it was that immersive and it just didn't let up that much. It was pretty impressive. So well done on a slam bang mid-season finale of Star Wars Rebels and we're going to talk about the whole first half of this season this final season of Rebels on tomorrow's episode sum up where we've been so far and where we may be going until then I want to say as always thank you so much for listening and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you take a blind shot at a Sarlacc tentacle, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. 
And if you want to join the inner circle of fans, become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash SW7X7. It's not a little higher, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.